it can end up being the best or the worst part of the night yeah. if this isn't done correctly. It has so, the ability to completely derail the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but done well, it's yeah, it's a massive highlight. Hi, and welcome to the Unveiled Podcast, debunking wedding planning all the way to I do. As a photographer and videographer in the industry, we're asked daily as to where to start when it comes to planning your big day. So allow us to help you make the planning process as seamless as possible. Consider Unveiled your little black book of weddings, packed full of insight from industry experts, do's and don'ts from couples who have tied the knot, plus an abundance of info on your most requested topics. I'm Lucy, founder and wedding photographer at Lucy Weddings, and I'm here with wedding videographer and my soon-to-be husband, Eddie Blake. G'day, Luce. Today's our first open mic episode where we'll be answering a bunch of our listeners' frequently asked questions. But before we get into that, I'm pretty bloody excited because it was only a couple of weeks ago that the New South Wales government have announced that weddings are going to be on the return for up to 50 guests once the vaccination rate hits 70%. So all the details are on the New South Wales government website, but basically once this vaccination rate hits 70%, all guests that are double vax, you can have up to 50 guests at a wedding. Dancing is permitted and you just got to be eating and drinking while seated. So I think our first wedding we're going to have back together is on the 6th of November. So pumped. Yeah, really good. I think the the big draw card there is the dance floor because that took so long to come back last time. Hell so, yeah. yeah, that's really exciting. So we'll be looking to do what we're calling an open mic episode around every three to four weeks. It'll just give you guys the opportunity to ask and send through any questions that kind of spring to mind. The whole idea of these kind of episodes is to ask us questions that may not require their own full lengthy episode. Keeping in mind, this is a judgment-free zone. So please remember that no question's a silly one. And the more questions asked, the more resourceful this podcast platform becomes for you guys. So the first one is a really good one, actually, because... It's one that you and I discuss all the time, Luce. It's advice on how long wedding speeches should be. It can end up being the best or the worst part of the night yeah. if this isn't done correctly. It has so, the ability to completely derail the wedding. Yeah. Um, but done well, it's yeah, it's a massive highlight. So as a as a ballpark, we would kind of like to say about five to seven minutes roughly per speaker. Yes. Um, with the bride and groom, if they're speaking, an option to probably go longer. Also, we often suggest to couples to break your speeches up into blocks. Uh, a really good way of doing this is using, especially if you're having, say, a sit-down wedding, using the food as a bit of a, a, a time, like a section blocker. So you might have two as soon as the reception begins, then you'll have entrees, then you might have another two. It really depends on how many people you have speaking, but it's a really good idea to kind of break them up because asking for everyone's attention in one giant block of speeches is, it often just doesn't work. Yeah. And the reason why we say five to seven minutes is generally a good indicator is because if, you know, we've touched on this, on this podcast before that weddings go really quickly and a lot of the time they're finishing up at about 11 p.m. The record when I was shooting a wedding was about 45 minutes that one best man decided to speak for and it meant that it just limited the dance floor time. Exactly. So as as great as his speech was, (laughs) mate, cut it. (laughs) Shush. Yeah, so as the bride and groom, you have full reign on being able to tell your speakers five to seven minutes and it's often the perfect amount of time. Yeah. So that would be our And and just something that we've noticed as well is 
just tell each one of your speakers to prepare the speech. Yes. Write oh it my down God, on yes. whatever it is. No matter how good you are at <laughs> yeah. public speaking or how good you think you are at public speaking. <laughs> yeah. Off the cuff is it, it just not work. great. <laughs> it Usually 90% of the time it tanks and <laughs> you're left up there solo. Yeah. With your tail between your legs upset. Yeah, that's it. Does everyone from the wedding have to be invited to the recovery party? Short answer, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the short answer is no. Obviously, like this is our opinion. All of these are based on our opinion. But, you know, you don't have to invite everyone to your recovery. The recovery party is always optional anyway. It often depends on where you're holding the recovery. So say, for example, our recovery will be at our wedding venue and we know that there's only a certain head number. Yeah, we can only have 30 on site at the recovery anyway. So exactly. Automatically. But like you touched on before, people have other commitments. So if you make the recovery optional, a lot of people aren't going to be able to come for other reasons anyway. Yeah, like being hungover and not wanting to have conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So, in short, no. Yeah. So, next question, to kid or not to kid? And we've touched on this one before, but what are your thoughts, Luce? There's a few ways you can work this. You can have kids at your ceremony. And so, when we say kids, how how old are we talking? I reckon like under 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids will change things and I'm sure I speak for all the parents of young kids out there, they would probably prefer their kids go home, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's hard for mum and dad to let their hair down. Yeah, yeah. yeah but weddings it, for kids are, is boring. Yeah. <laughs> like I often see tables of kids at weddings that I've shot and I'm like, oh, you don't want to be here. <laughs> you just want to eat the food and go. Yeah. Like, And a good way to do it is, yeah, if you're going to have some of the kids at the ceremony, you can do that. And then your photographer, majority of the time, is taking the family photo straight after the ceremony. Yes. So that's then usually a good point to be off with the babysitter or someone else. Yeah. And then time for mum and dad to let their hair down. This is an interesting one and I completely understand how people would get a little bit lost here is deciphering the different dress codes. Personally, I've only ever been invited to a wedding that either has black tie on the invitation or cocktail. To put it plain and simple, I would say that Black tie is your super, super formal event. So boys in a tux, girls in gowns. And then your cocktail style is a little bit more pared back. I'm not going to say relax because a wedding is a wedding and, you know, it's enjoy dressing up. I'm going to use my 22-year-old brother as an example who sent me a photo just the other day asking if he could wear a certain outfit to our wedding and the the suit looked amazing, but the guy was in Nike Air Force Ones. And I was like, the suit? Yes. The shoes? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And some venues I find lend themselves to a certain type of dress code. So say we've both shot weddings at Benduli Estate. They've got the beautiful stables and the book barn. And I would say that majority of the weddings, it kind of just suits to have a formal black tie wedding there. And then say some of your coastal weddings, especially maybe in summer, would be more leaned towards cocktail. So this one's a really good one, Ed, because I feel like we're often involved in helping a couple with this part of the day. Advise someone to take moments aside with just your partner to take all of the things in. Do you often find that couples will say to you, you know, during that sort of sunset time photo slot that they're loving it because it is their moment together 
throughout the day. That was the first moment together they've really had together. Alone. Alone. Yeah, yeah we do get that feedback quite a lot. It's it's really good to schedule a sort of 15, 20-minute window somewhere in between the speeches to take the couple out for sunset photos. And it's never our intention, but a lot of the feedback that we get is that they really enjoyed those moments that those two just had alone together. Another part of the day that works really well is the moment just before you're about to enter reception. So it's kind of when your photos have wrapped up with your bridal party and your photographer, you can take five minutes before you enter reception with your partner to just hang out and, you know, the the pressure's off by that point. You know, you've done the you've done your ceremony, you've taken your photos and now you can really start to really absorb everything that's going on yeah that's it you're transitioning into another part of the evening and that is the perfect time to just to have a moment alone with your partner all right that's all of the questions that we're going to touch on in this open mic episode please do not hesitate to write in with any questions that you may have as i said at the start of the episode nothing is off limits we are trying to make this as informative as we possibly can for you guys. That's it. And yes, Excited Weddings are on the return. Hopefully that's 70% target. It's looking like it could be as, as early as maybe the second weekend of October. So yes, exciting. Exciting times and hopefully it's... Let's ramp this stuff back up again. So until next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye.